Welcome to Whores Talk Horror. We're not really whores. We just like wordplay. Hello, I'm Sharon. And I'm Melinda. Welcome back and or thank you for joining us for the first time. Today we have a ghost story that was sent in to us from a listener. Sharon will share a personal ghost story of hers. And I'm going to talk about the real life ghosts inhabiting the house uh, that was used in Robert Wise's 1963 film, The Haunting, that we discussed in last week's episode. All right, so this is our very first uh, listener story, and this ghost story comes from David. Hello, David. Thank you so much for sending in your story. Thanks, David. Um, I hope I can uh, do it justice, and um, there are some uh, Scottish um, words slash landmarks in the story that I hope I pronounce correctly, and if I don't, I apologize. So, or feel free to email us and tell us the right way to pronounce them so we'll know. Exactly. So here we go. Shortly after graduating from college, one of my best friends, Tom, moved to Michigan and befriended Mike, a retired professor. Their friendship developed from mutual enjoyment of the outdoors. Upon visiting Mike's property, Tom noticed an incredible set of gardens surrounding his house, and also several buildings that were dispersed on his beautiful land. One of those buildings was an original log cabin built by a family of Scottish settlers back in the 1850s. Surprised at the great shape the cabin was in, Tom asked Mike to see the inside of the cabin. Most everything that the Scottish family had owned remained in pristine condition. This included a washboard, table and chairs, old blankets, and even a few old plates, forks, pots, and pans. Just to clarify, he's looking to purchase or rent a cabin in the woods. Is that, is that literally what's happening? <laughs> no, no, no. He made friends with oh, someone okay. who, had who has a ca- well has a big property that has a cabin in the woods. Okay. Uh, so Mike explained that a family had lived in that cabin for years but never knew any of the details. Mike also explained that friends and evil... Yeah. Friends and even local history groups had come into the cabin before, but didn't stay long after Ooh. hearing what sounded like a woman singing. Uh-oh. Mike had heard the singing before as well, but never wanted to admit it to any of the visitors. I'm not sure why. But having been intrigued by the stories, Tom asked if he could spend a night in the cabin. Mike obliged wow. and also said he would like to stay there as well to see if they can hear any singing. Safety in numbers. Good call. Exactly. And so armed with sleeping bags, flashlights, and a tape recorder, Tom and Mike spent the night inside the cabin. Lo and behold, around three in the morning, both were awoken by the sound of a woman singing in an unknown dialect. It sounded foreign, yet it was clear as day. Whoa. So, of course, the words cannot be understood, but they did record what they seemed like was a minute of the singing. Shut up. I... <laughs> Not literally, but... Oh, okay, good. Okay. <laughs> I can finish telling the story. <laughs> <laughs> they recorded it? Oh, my they God. They did. They oh did. They actually got audio. And just as the singing stopped, and here's... The part when I, I first read this email gave me shivers and made the hair on the, the back of my arm stand up. An ethereal outline of a woman in a long white dress holding what appeared to be a child wrapped in a blanket walked through the wall and out the main cabin door. Oh. Tom and Mike looked at each other in amazement and confirmed to each other what they had both saw. Whoa. 
The next morning, when they played the tape, only a few seconds were recorded. But remember, mm. they thought they recorded an entire minute. All they heard was what sounded like a woman singing. And I apologize for... Um, I, I, I do not have a good singing voice. I'm not even going to attempt to try and sing this, really, and it's Scottish, it, but I'm just going to say... It was a say, ghost anyway, so yeah, don't worry about it. I uh, Forgive me. So, bear me oh, oh, oh. Even though they could have sworn they heard more. A friend of Mike's, who was a music historian, listened to the tape a few days later, and with some searching and constant replaying of the tape, the lyrics were discovered. The voice was actually singing... And once again, I'm <laughs> not even going to attempt, but I do have an actual audio of this, so I will play it. Bermio Ohoro, translated as Sad I Am Without Thee. Furthermore, it was discovered that the tune she was singing matched the melody of an old Scottish song called the Iriski Love Lilt, which was written on an island near the outer Hebrides called Iriski in 1909. And as luck would have it, a local acquaintance well in his 90s who heard about Mike's experience called him and finally explained that his grandfather was a close friend of the family who lived in the cabin and that the family who lived in that cabin actually lost a child as a baby. And I actually have um, some audio recording that I'm going to play now of the Iriski Love Lilt, um, which was the... um, the closest thing to the actual recording which what they heard yeah yeah, the actual recording apparently is has now vanished um they don't have it anymore but it probably sounded something like this I'd love to hear that recorded, like what they recorded. I know, I know, I know. I emailed David back, and um, unfortunately he said they do not have that recording anymore. Um, yeah, that would be that would be incredible to hear right now. Um, but, but that's like a super straightforward, straight-up story. Like, there's no, oh, this weird thing happened, and it could have been this or whatever. Like, he yeah. and his friend were sitting there. They heard something. They saw something. And then, like, there's a story even behind it straight up that matches everything. That's exactly. crazy. I know. I know. I love ghost stories like that where it's – what else could it be? You know, if you have two people. There's no one else around. You're alone in a cabin. You hear singing. A, you're in a cabin in the woods. <laughs> so you know some creepy shit's going to happen. Something's going to go down, yeah. Something's going to go down, um yeah and you know if both of you saw it you're not you're not it's not you nothing's playing tricks on your eyes like nothing can play tricks on two people's eyes or you know two people are not going to uh hallucinate the same exact vision or hallucinate the same exact sound yeah i love stories like this yeah so the recording that they got and what they heard themselves um it was in that other language right yeah exactly wow that's crazy that song itself is like really haunting and sad Mm -hmm. alone like that would be 
I would actually probably feel really sad if I like heard this haunting melody and was like, why is this? I don't think so- I would be scared if I heard that. I'd be, I'd like, be like, why is she crying? It's kind of beautiful and sad. And uh, yeah. And David, thank you so much for sending us that story. Thank you, David. And um, I do want to say that the names and the location in the story have been changed to protect the identity of the people who live on this property. Sweet. So apparently the story was very popular um, at one time, and then the story finally died down about 10 years ago. Um, But before that, they were getting tons of random visitors, total strangers just showing up, tourists, all asking about the singing lady, which I do not blame people for showing up and wanting to investigate that. I, you know. At the same time, though, it's this these people, it's their property. Like People live there, you know, you have to respect their privacy, but... David, if you want to take Mindy and I on a road trip to your <laughs> friend's property and, you know, spend the night in a cabin, we would love it. So I might be, I'd be, I definitely <laughs> would visit. I don't know that I would stay there. I, it, like, I would probably stay there if I knew that, like, you'd be there with me. And I don't know you, David, but if you would be there with us too, like, the more that there's safety in numbers, exactly. I don't, I definitely would not. At first, I thought you were going to say that he stayed there by himself, and I was like, no, anyway. <laughs> no. Yeah, okay. I don't think I can stay in a place like that by myself. Um, wow. Cool. That was interesting. It was very interesting. Um, so, yeah, if anyone else has a similar ghost story that they would like to share with us, please send us your ghost stories and email us at horrorstalkhorror at gmail.com. Um, just to kind of piggyback on that story, I have a personal ghost story that I want to share. And I've had many supernatural experiences throughout my life. But this is the one ghost story that I've actually had where I have heard a voice. And I just want to say really quick that when Sharon told me this story a few years ago, like right after it happened, like she was legit freaked out. You pooped your pants. <laughs> Well, no, I didn't exactly. At least not right there. <laughs> but no, but like Sharon, like I don't know that I, like cause you, like you said, you've had other experiences, and we've always been like, oh, that's weird. That some weird thing happened, but you were like, no, this was so creepy. And so anyway, sorry. Yeah, Mindy used I'll to let bring you get to it. Mindy used to bring um, random kids from our class over to my house to be like, show them that one thing that you said did that creepy thing. Did I? I don't remember that. Yeah, I remember you brought. Like, who's ran- like who? I remember you brought Mary Jo over to my house one time. Oh. Well, just she's not random. Well, but you knew her. Like you just showed up on my doorstep one day, <laughs> unannounced, and we're like barging inside. Like really? Yeah. I don't remember that. You're like, show her that picture that like moves away from your wall at night. And I was like, seriously, I haven't cleaned since so long. I actually saw something that I think like a similar type artist because those pictures were pretty prevalent. Yeah. Like at a thrift store recently and I almost bought it for you, but I thought you'd kill me. I would have fucking bashed you in the head with it. But anyways, um, so... This is a story from when my husband and I were on vacation in Ireland in September of 2014, and we were staying at a hotel in Galway called the Western Hotel Galway, which is near kind of the main area of Galway where all the bars and restaurants and shops are. Um, so it's pretty, um, pretty boisterous area, and it was also very unseasonably warm that summer in Galway, and the hotel we were staying in had no AC or fan, so when we went to bed, we had to open up the windows to get any sort of, like, breeze or air into the room, and we were also staying on the third floor 
Um, so it made it even warmer and more uncomfortable. And there was kind of like an echo it, when the windows were open. You can hear a lot of the like street traffic and stuff. Uh, so around three in the morning, one night, we were, well, I was actually woken up by noise coming from the outside. There was people yelling, you know, probably coming back from bars. And I think there was like a large like garbage can lid being dropped or whatever. Woke me up. The noise settled down and I was laying in bed wide awake, totally annoyed that I had been woken up because I have a really, really hard time trying to fall asleep anyways. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere... I heard this voice say, burn, 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 coming from right next to me. So some sort of disembodied voice from either right next to me or it even felt like it could have been right on top of me loudly whispered those three words and my blood just ran cold. And so I quickly woke up my husband. I was like, Spencer, Spencer. And I was like, did you hear that? And he was like, half asleep. And he's like, heard what? I'm like, that voice. He's like, what voice? I'm like, the one that said burn, burn, burn three times. And he totally thought I was playing a prank on him because oftentimes I do. I'm kind of the girl who cries wolf. But it was absolutely true this time. And I know for a fact that what I heard and – the voice, it was just, it was so close. It just, it sounded like whoever or whatever said it was in bed with us. So I'm not sure he actually totally believed me until the next day when I was getting really upset the fact that he thought I was making it up. And needless to say, I had a really hard time falling back asleep that night. When I woke up the next morning, I decided to do a little research to see if there was ever a fire at our hotel. I couldn't find anything. I was thinking about asking the woman at the front desk, but she was like this 18-year-old girl who Mm -hmm. probably had like no idea of the history of the hotel. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to bring it up to her. And I don't want her to think I'm like out of my mind. So I was like, all right, I'm whatever. We're leaving in like a day. It's fine. Um... So recently, um, I actually, when I was thinking about this story, I decided to do a little research um, now to see if I can find any evidence of a fire that ever, you know, occurred at that hotel or in the area. And I did find that Galway actually has a long history of fires. And back in 1473, Galway was almost completely destroyed by a fire. And after that, all the wealthy citizens of the area built lavish houses such as Lynch's Castle, and the city was rebuilt into a more planned fashion um, similar to the city as it's known today. And then from 1902 to 1971, there were 12 large fires in the city. And the um, most famous one, I guess, would be the McDonough Fire. And it was definitely the most devastating fire that occurred during that century. It was an accidental fire that began in Thomas McDonough's and Sons department store. The blaze moved through the McDonough's timber yards and other stores at Merchants Road before spreading to the National Bank in the corner of Erie Square. Or Irie. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Um, But the fire destroyed another timber yard and another department store and then moved into Williamsgate Street. Destroyed ton of like what you would know now as like the 
main like downtown kind of strip of um of Galway with like all the bars and stuff and all the warehouses and stores were storing flammable materials such as timber there was 5000 tons of coal and paint which encouraged the fire to continue to blaze and smolder for 24 hours after the main fire was put out and then fire brigades came from many different counties uh in the nearby area to help uh put out the flames and it's reported that it took six hours and a hundred firemen from 16 brigades to put out the main fire and then i looked at a map to compare um where some of the fire took place to where we stayed and most of uh well erie square is actually just a couple hundred meters away from the hotel that we stayed in and i'm not sure if this fire in 1971 or you know, the big fire that burned down the city back in 1473 had anything to do with what I heard that night. But after reading that there was a fire so close to the hotel that we stayed in gave me goosebumps when I read it. And it just kind of validated that what I heard was real. I was going to say in terms of like which fire did it, you can kind of just take your pick. I had no idea that about that, about Galway. That's a lot of devastation. Yeah. And it's, I mean. Wow. It's not a, a huge city. Um, right. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of the fires, the other fires did take place either like outside city limits or for like much further away from where we stayed. But this fire in that 71 was, was so close. And it said that That's it went crazy. up to Erie Square or Irie Square. Um, but it could have gone past that as well. It could have reached the hotel and gone beyond that. So, Or, you know, the hotel might have been slightly configured differently or different. You know, like, yeah, yeah. like it could. So there's a number of, uh, I mean, it makes, yeah, like that's a lot of. That makes a lot of sense, but that's a devastating fire for a small town. Wow, that's crazy. I had no idea. And I was trying to find out how many people died in the fire. I couldn't find out that information. I was trying to figure out how old the hotel was that we stayed in. I couldn't find that information anywhere either. So Google's going to tell me later. I'm going to have to do some I did looking up a on pretty this. Good, I'm sure you I do mean, a yeah. lot. If anyone out there listening happens to be from Galway and knows the history of the Western Hotel or um, the history of the McDonough Fire and you want to write in and um, give us your comments, corrections, or you know, just share other information, we would love to hear from you. So I have a question. When you guys stayed there, like you're saying the Westin as in like the Westin. No, no, no. Western. Oh, Western. Oh, right. Yeah. I just saw that in the note. So was it like a like a boutique kind of hotel or was it like a chain sort uh, no, of? No, it was not a chain. It was more of a boutique hotel. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I guess, okay. Yeah. I guess you would classify it more as that. Okay. Yeah. So because at first I thought you said like with the Westin. So I was like, no. oh, so they probably did construction. No, 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 no. But no, like it's... they say that that stirs up supernatural it definitely looked like an older hotel i mean i don't know if they've done any updates since we stayed there back you know five years ago but honestly the first night we checked in i wanted to check out because it was really warm and there was no ac i'm not gonna lie the place kind of smelled like piss (laughs) i mean i was gonna say i think the ghost was probably either just like Oh my God! Why don't they have an AC working already? It's it's 2014. He's like, why can't I haunt a nicer hotel? Or he thought you were hot and was like, move over, baby, burn, in bed, burn, maybe. Oh yeah, maybe he was just letting me know. Maybe how he was hot hitting on you. 
Spencer I don't know. didn't hear him, so. I don't know, but it scared the fucking shit out of me, and I will never, ever forget that. And I, I wish Spencer could validate my story, but he sleeps way better than I do, so. And the ghost thought you were hotter, so. Yeah. She is. Nah. <laughs> That's cool, though, because I didn't know that, obviously, I know you just did this research, but I didn't know all of that about the fires around that area, so. But I just know that when you related that story to me the first time, you were legit scared as hell. Are you trying to say that the public schools on the southwest side of Chicago did not teach you about Galway history? Not really. Damn. This is why the education system in this country sucks. All right. That's so why we- we're doing this podcast, <laughs> to change the world and educate to people. To educate people about the history of fires around the world. Well, not the fire part so much, but speaking of history, um, we talked, last week we talked about our memories of, like, our first, seeing our first scary movies, um, and I talked about the Robert Wise's 1963 masterpiece film, The Haunting, based on the book by the... Shirley Jackson called The Haunting of Hill House. Um, And uh, in the film, Hill House, the haunted house, is kind of a character all of its own. And you know what? It's a real house. Kind of. Kind of. The exterior shots were filmed at Eddington Park. And this is from Wikipedia, an English mansion located to the southwest of the village of Eddington, just north of the hamlet of Newbold on Stour, and is set in 40 acres passed by the river Stow. Thanks, Wikipedia. I don't I didn't pronounce any of that right. But basically we apologize, it's, England. Sorry, English people. Basically, it's just outside of Stratford upon Avon. Um, but and now it's a big resort. But um uh I have a goal you bet your your sweet dupa that i'm gonna stay there someday (laughs) because it is it's been it was a mansion originally and over the years has been various iterations of a hotel but now it's like a big resort and how awesome would that be you want to stay with you want to stay at hill house with me the real hill house i would love to stay at the real hill house with you and also Shout out to our grandmas, our Polish grandmothers. Dupa! Did did you like the use of our word, or Mindy's word, Dupa? And it it is, it is gorgeous. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a old Victorian, um, Eddington, yeah, I'm going to try English again. Eddington Hall, as it was called when The Haunting was filmed, was built uh, from, it was started in 1852 and then finished in uh, 1862. So it's old, old English mansion. Uh, it's a neo-Gothic style and is considered the, in quotes, air quotes, the most important and impressive high Victorian house in the country. Of course, that country again being England. Um, shout out to Wikipedia. Whoa, whoa. Uh, but so for The Haunting, um, the Actually, Eddington was only used for the exterior shots. Uh, and just fun fact, trivia film that I like. Um, the interior shots were were recreate were built on were filmed on sets that were recreative, sorry, recreated by um, set designers and not shot in Eddington. But if you see pictures of Eddington, like online, even now, 
this is massively impressive because the set designers did a bang up job of recreating what literally the inside of the house looks like, including um, when you walk in, or I guess if I were to walk in, um, in the film, when Eleanor walks in, the first thing you see is a major grand staircase, and that's real, and they but actually built a set that like recreated that. So I just find that to be really, that's really very, very impressive. I would say yeah. that's one of the best things about the movie is the set design. Oh, there's so much, but we'll be here. That, that, that's, that's, that's a far longer Don't podcast get, yeah, episode. Yeah, I won't get you started. Um, but it was probably a good thing that they actually uh, like built these sets and, and filmed offsite because as Mrs. Dudley, Hill House's caretaker would say in the film, they wouldn't want to be filming on that staircase, especially in the night, in the dark. That's her infamous line. Um, because Eddington Mansion, um, of course, is rumored to have ghosts of its own. Uh, <laughs> it's an old English mansion. What do you expect, I guess? But um, the building was a hotel uh, 50 years ago. Um, but I think it opened and closed a few times throughout the years because I know that um, I was able to get online and actually get a brochure from them like in 2010. And now they seem to have changed websites and they seem to be going for more of like the resort vibe when I we find them online. But if you Google Eddington Park or Eddington Mansion, um, it's just gorgeous and expanse. It's huge. Um, but... Uh, there are various online blogs and stories um, about the house. And a few years ago, I got fell down an r- internet rabbit hole um, where employees of the hotel uh, would talk about some of the more, I want to say, infamous hauntings, which I'm going to get to. Um, and apparently there was at some point a, a book that they, like a journal that they kept at the hotel for uh, visitors to f- like write down any encounters they had or stories, scary stories. Um, some of the big ones is things like books falling off of shelves. Um, there's this gray lady that apparently is seen just throughout kind of walking around. No, nothing that I've heard of is too vicious or like angry, but um, the staircase I kept bringing up because there was apparently Mary, the maid servant, who fell to her death down the stairs. And she's often Aww, apparently seen at the top of the stairs. Um, like I said, though, but I think I'm not able to find a lot of this info online anymore. And I think that, like, the owners now are, like, trying to go for, like, it's a resort kind of thing. But luckily, you can you go You won't to- get murdered in your sleep by a specter. <laughs> you can go to creepyghoststories.com, though, and they do re- they have cool pictures, but they do relate most of the history. Um, I-, I think they do ghost tours of the hotel, Um but I'd rather just stay there. Uh, but some of the bit, there's a curse that's involved with a book, uh, St. Rowan's Well, um, which it, it was a book that was old and raggedy and would not stay on the hotel's library shelf and would fall open to the same page time and time again, despite the fact that the spine is not worn in this place. Um, what page does it open to what does it say a phrase that just reads a merry place tis said in days of yore but something ails it now the place is cursed <gasps> oh my god yeah the gray lady actually uh if there was one to be 
I guess, malicious. They've said the gray lady is the most persistent. Um, and she's the one that I've actually heard about a lot. Um, she's the, wait, you said she was a maid or a housekeeper? No, she's the gray, she's like, they just call her the gray lady and she's a ghost. Mostly, I think downstairs they see her. But um, oh, I thought you said she used to be like a housekeeper. There is for me. that's that's Mary. We'll get to her in a oh, second. Okay. Um, but she, but the gray lady has been seen by countless guests, employees, and visitors, and uh, she looks like she's shrouded in thick, like a thick white mist, and is often seen. Sorry, England in the Stour Quarter, <laughs> um, and areas of the property. Alarmingly, guests have reported losing control over their faculties when she's near, finding themselves inexplic- inexplicably drawn to the woman despite feeling abject, abject terror. Uh, the Grey Lady is often accompanied by a cloaked monk, and many people resort, re- or sorry, report seeing them both together. Like as a couple? Or I'm thinking like in Ghostbusters, the ghost that goes for Dan Aykroyd in his dream. Because if she's oh, making people fall in yes, love with her. Yes, yes, um, She his pants. In the Victorian area, of course, there were uh, there's there were two ch- there were two children that d- that died on the hotel grounds. Um, so I feel like in England, a Victorian house, children dying, no, not to be off the cuff but it's that's like, expected no one blinks an eye it's like oh another child died back in the 1700s okay so mary oh poor dear mary um so it said the oak room restaurant and the main staircase are both said to be haunted by the specter of a sweet young maid servant who took a tumble down these accursed stairs during following an argument with the squire um she he does not pushed her i know he fucking right pushed her. that goddamn fucking squire i know and i'm really clumsy too so now i'm rethinking visiting <laughs> the Eddington house because that would i could see that happening to me uh she does not appear to be malevolent but her appearance is disarming nonetheless um but i mean yeah i think if i were to turn around and see a ghost at the top of a staircase it would take me off guard but i'd feel so bad that i'd be like oh mary don't be i'm sorry he pushed you, didn't he? Um, <laughs> we'll but, get to the bottom of this. Right. Just This is what we do. <laughs> um, but my... Um, the in the in the film The Haunting, obviously the character of uh, Luke Sanderson, the nephew of the woman who owns Hill House, is played by the infamous Russ Tamblin. If you don't know who he whoop, is, whoop 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 is right. Um, Doctor He Jacoby. is an old school actor who is frankly one of my heroes i because i've been watching him in movies since i was three years old um but he was in west side story he's the leader of the jets uh he was in the haunting obviously uh seven brides for seven brothers classic actor and then as sharon mentioned uh in our one of our favorite shows if not no, our favorite no, show, our favorite show uh twin peaks he is dr jacoby um, so he, he gets around, he gets around and his daughter is the incredible feminist writer, uh, Amber Tamlin. And so he, um, as I mentioned, when the haunting was filmed, they used Eddington house for the exterior shots. Um, and in a 20th, I think anniversary DVD, he tells this story in the commentary, but, um, there was an article that Susan King wrote in 2013 for the LA Times uh, when Tamlin was at an event celebrating the film turning 50 years old, which, like, my God, Boy. that just sounds so old. But I guess it is. Anyway. Um, 50 years young. 50 years young. Uh, he So uh, Tamlin did admit that he had a close encounter with a ghostly kind during production. Um, like I said, uh, the building 
was served as the the exterior shot so the cast and crew spent some time at the hotel um and one night they were shooting a an e- they had an evening shoot uh and because of the night shooting the cast and crew actually spent the evening at the hotel uh tamblin had finished his scenes and was in his room trying to get some sleep because the lights and noise from filming were keeping him awake he said he decided to check out the cemetery at the back of the hotel oh yeah p.s there's a cemetery at the back of the hotel <laughs> um when tamblin and when i heard him tell this on the the dvd he said that he it was so dark that he was walking, and I'm paraphrasing Mr. Tamblin. I apologize, but I, I am paraphrasing. But he was basically walking, so like the house was behind him and walking out to the graveyard, but it was like pitch black where he was. Um, he said when he got close to the graveyard, and this is his quote, I had this experience where all of a sudden I felt like someone took a brick of ice and put it on the back of my neck. I just took off practically running back down the pathway to the house into my room, (laughs) Um, which I would probably do the same. Mm -hmm. Um, I just would also like to add that um, Sharon and I and Spencer had the honor and privilege of meeting Mr. Russ Tamlin at David Lynch's Festival of Disruption this past fall in L.A. And um, I actually got to sit. We all did. But I got to sit next to him and talk to him. And he is basically like when you want to meet your hero and you really hope they're not going to suck, like he exceeded it. He was just fantastic. He was wonderful. And I straight up fangirled out about the haunting and he, which we'll talk about this at some other time, but there is a Netflix revival sort of show that happened. And, and he was like, well, are you going to watch the Netflix movie? Cause, and I was like, well, I don't know. And he was like, why well, have a series, that movie? Oh, sorry. Miniseries. Yes. But he was like, yeah, you should watch it. It's, it's pretty good. And I was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to watch it. And he was like, well, I have a cameo in it. And I was like, well, see, you should have started with that. And that made him <laughs> laugh. So I was like, score. Um, but then I had to mention that my mom is who essentially introduced me to The Haunting. And she was also a huge fan and is a huge fan and loves West Side Story. And um, long story short, he was like, oh, you sweetheart. And he kissed me on the cheek. And I still to this day... I can't believe I that's how I feel obviously I words (laughs) failed me just now and my my favorite part of that is uh Spencer took a candid photo of Russ Hamlin kissing her on the cheek and Mindy was had no idea we took this photo and we gave it to her and she posted it on Facebook (laughs) and because of the angle Uh of the photo one of her friends commented on it and was like Oh my god, are you straight up making out with Russ Tamblin? <laughs> yeah, she was like, are, are you making out with Russ Tamblin? Because I fully support that if you are. Um, but no, for real, he's amazing. But um, His wife he, was right there. She was, was lovely. She was not making out with Russ Tamblin. I was not. She, she probably wanted to. But Russ Tamblin was really great, and I did have the chance to say to him, no matter what, you will always be my Luke Sanderson, and he giggled, and uh, he has said since that initially he actually didn't want to make the movie, um, but because he had uh, the contract with MGM from uh, West Side Story, he could have gotten dropped. So then he's since said this is one of his favorite movies that he's ever made. Aw, I love that story. No, but for real, like that was such an honor to meet him, and and for him, like he's he's great, and I love that he had a ghost story, and 
naturally meeting him, gushing the whole time. Did I ask him about the ghost story? Not once. No. No, but you know what? It's fine. He's told it a few times. You remembered your name, though. That's what's important. Dude, I did not start. I did. I was so proud of myself compared to other times I've met people I've been excited about. <laughs> I did. I was a cool cucumber. And then I walked away and started, like, jumping up and down in the corner. But <laughs> All right. So that's Eddington Park. That thank you so much, and that was very very interesting, and um, that basically wraps up our our. This was our our first almost all ghost story edition, and um, once again, anyone out there, if you have your own ghost stories, scary stories, creepy stories, uh, what else? Just weird, creepy, unusual stuff that you would like to share with us our email is horsetalkhorror at gmail.com you can also follow us on instagram and facebook at horsetalkhorror and on twitter you can find us at horror. that's the h no i do always do it yeah. wrong and now i'm confusing everybody it's the w and then the h w word first then the h word <laughs> and uh yeah i hope um you guys continue to listen to us because um we don't know what episode we're gonna have next but we are working on a few things we um plan to have some guests on as well um we are going to interview someone who is an indigo child and talk to them about that. Um, Which I didn't even know what that was until like an hour ago. And I'm really excited <laughs> about this. So so Mindy has some research to do. Um, also, we are hoping to talk to an actress who has been in Killer Couples. Oh, can't um, wait. So, and she is now filming a horror movie. Horror movie, not a porno. Um, and mm. we are hoping to talk to her as well. And um, also, there might be a ghost hunter that we are able to interview what? in the future. Yeah, that sounds interesting. I, got, I would, I would. I got some stick surprises for, for you. So yeah, um, continue to listen. And we thank you so much. Um, and thanks for getting creepy with us. Thank you. Bye.